that can flow from any moment, any place, and any time. Doesn't matter if I'm in the desert. Doesn't matter if I'm on the mountain top. Don't make any difference. I'm glad I found something that I found true glory in, true satisfaction in, true peace in. This world's looking for a lot of things and involved in a lot of things. But I'm glad I'm involved in the church this morning. How about you? I'm involved in a kingdom that don't know any ending. It's not just going to be passed from generation to generation, but it's going to last until, as the Bible says, all generations. I'm glad to be a part of that today. How about you? God bless you. You may be seated. It's good to see everybody in the house of the Lord this morning. Let's remember they had a call. There's a lady apparently uh, on Wilkerson Road there. So let's remember that in our prayers. Some also, as classes, you, you can be dismissed. God bless her classes of teachers. Love you this morning. Appreciate you. And um, also, let's remember Brother Dylan and them. Uh, I would just assume they're having church. Maybe not. But us remember them. I know it'll be a difficult time. Amen. Anytime they gather, especially for the next little while, and passing of Sister Dylan. Uh, also, let's remember... Uh, Brother Hankins, uh, I was informed Friday night that he had passed away and they buried him Friday. Elder Brother Hankins from Van Cleve, pastored in Van Cleve. So continue to pray for that family likewise. That's Brother Killingsworth's wife's dad. And he was the one there that informed me and uh, from Goche. So let's just remember them. Still a lot of things happening. A lot of things, uh, amen, very challenging for us. But uh, I'm glad to be serving the God, amen, that doesn't know any limits. And we put our trust in him to be our butler, to be our shield, to be our protector, to be a very present help in the time of trouble, amen. So, you know, I'm thankful to be a part of that today. And uh, got a good lesson, got a powerful lesson, all said and done. And uh, it's going to deal with an area in our lives and our hearts and our spirit if, if you, you have noticed that the lessons are really focused upon the heart, amen. It's, that's, um, you know, the heart. And you really, really begin to talk about the heart, the condition of what the heart does, how important it is. Heart, no doubt, even in the physical realm, is uh, heart disease, heart failure, is still among the, one of the top causing of death and um, how true that is in the spiritual realm if you just put a little thought into it man if you really listen to last lesson man is Daniel purpose in his heart that he wouldn't de that he wouldn't become defiled another term for that would be that he wouldn't allow his heart to become diseased diseased and that's that's really what the enemy is out to do, is to, to pollute, to uh, contaminate, or to disease the heart, which can very easily be intertwined to the mind, to the spirit of an individual. And so, we, you know, as we face our world and face the challenging times that we're living in, um, praise God, we, we, we got a responsibility. And uh, to keep our hearts and to guard our hearts. And so no different today as we look at this lesson. Man, a changed heart. A changed heart. How many are you thankful for a changed heart this morning? Praise God. And to keep it 
a good, healthy, changed heart. That's, that's the goal now. That's, that's the uh, place that you and I have to... Uh, Paul, you know, I've heard people talk about eternal salvation. I've heard them as, as a doctrine that once you've attained salvation, there is absolutely no way you can lose it. Doesn't matter what kind of lifestyle you, you live and what direction you turn. Well, I find that kind of odd in the scriptures that Paul's writings went back to churches 14 years later to make sure they hadn't been beguiled by the devil. If you can never lose salvation. Just don't make no sense, does it? I mean, how could they lose it? How could they be beguiled by the enemy if you can't lose it? Why would we have to fool with the spirit of error? And how the writer writes about how the brother that, whenever he, uh, brother that walks in error, that with the spirit of meekness, he, he gains him back. And the Bible makes it this way and makes him a winner of the soul. If eternal salvation. And so the reason I'm making those points is because a changed heart, and if you read this lesson and studied it, and especially the scripture, that fourth chapter, you're going to see that the real topic of this lesson is pride. Pride. I'd love to tell you that none of us have to deal with pride. It's, it's a done deal that once you repent it and got the Holy Ghost and baptized in Jesus' name, that you never have to worry about pride again. But you know what? Pride can slip in. If it can slip into the heavens and slip into the heart and the life, of the, the one called the devil. <laughs> I promise you, you and I are not exempt today. And so, it's a good lesson. It really is. And Nebuchadnezzar, he's going to help us out in this fourth chapter. And uh, uh, Brother Ford made the statement, started that out. Daniel's the writer here and rehearses this. But, but you're going you're gonna to learn something about this fourth chapter. Uh, this, this part of the fourth chapter was written by Daniel, but uh, it was Nebuchadnezzar, a man, that said, you know what? I need to reveal this. I need to tell it. I need to let all languages, all people of the then known earth know about this. And he's the one that rehearses unto us in this fourth chapter what transpired and what happened in his life and how it unfolds. Daniel's the author. He's a writer. But yet, Nebuchadnezzar's the one. It's going to tell the story here. And he's the one that's going to let people know about it as it unfolds. If you read the first four verses of chapter four, you'll see what I'm talking about. You've got a good lesson, I promise you. Change heart, focus thought. We must seek to avoid pride because God honors humility. Uh, anybody ever have any trouble humbling yourself? <laughs> Praise God. We got a few honest folks in the house. <laughs> Hallelujah. No, I'm just going on with you. But, but, but you know, it, again, we get into that area and place. It depends on who it's, what it's about, who it is, what's it going to cost us. It always is affecting whether or not we're going to really, really humble ourselves or not. And I, I know, I mean, come on, let's, let's look at life. Let's look at a lot of things, a lot of, a lot of sickness, a lot of heartaches, a lot of things that happen uh, wrecks and things of that nature. There's always, most of the time, it's not just most of the time, just one single thing. There's normally a combination of things that causes this to happen and transpire and take place. The final results, uh, amen, especially when it's tragedy and calamity and things of that nature. Most of the time, there is a combination of things that happen 
that brings this about. And so how true that is even with you and I. As, as we endeavor to keep our own hearts, our own mind, a healthy mind. The Bible promised us the renewing of the mind. It promised us that we'd have a renewing of the mind every day. How, you know, how often do we really take the time and pray, say, God, I want you to just cleanse my mind. I want you to wash it from any and everything that would contaminate it, that pollute it, that would, in other words, that would stand between me and you and your purpose and your will, that would cause me to not be part of the song that we just sung. Amen. I want to, I want to enjoy the second part of that glory and the fullness of that glory. I've just got a down payment of it now, but I, I haven't experienced the fullness of it because when the fullness of it comes, we're going to have a glorified body. There's going to be, won't be any devil. There won't be no tears, no heartaches, no troubles. And so, so I, I that's what I'm setting out to attain. But to attain that, i got to have a pure heart. i got to have a clean heart. Create in me a clean heart, a pure heart. And so to have that, that means it's got to be free of pride. And uh, believe this or not, how many's ever heard the minister make the statement? Because sometimes he talks about the guy that drives up with the, and I'm just going to go way out there, $150,000 automobile, and he wants to park it in the front, buddy. What's that bother you? But the same guy that drives up in the clunker that's 50 years old and it's rusty and squeaky and, you know, the oil's running out the sides and things of that nature, he parts it in the back. Yeah, same pride for both guys, believe it or not. Now, I don't have a problem if you got a leak and one leak, if you want to park it in the grass, just keep it off the same here. I understand that, but don't park it in the back. God bless you with that. That's what you're blessed with. If you'll be proud of that. In a godly way, God will bless you with something better. But then you got to watch the pride that by my own hands and my own abilities, I'm driving what I'm driving because I'm smart and I'm this and I'm that. And that's what, guess what? God could take that from you in one moment of time. Paul, got, Paul, our apostle, got it right. I am what I am by the grace of God. None of us, none of us would be who we are and what we are and as, as successful as we are. And you can measure that ever how you want to, okay? If the devil had his way, none of us would be here this morning. And none of us is a match for the devil, okay? Uh, the snares, the traps... That's set, and uh, uh, this lesson is going to cover a lot of this and help us with this. And, uh, you know, I could tell you this morning that possibly what caused some, some great ministers that was mildly used of God at one time in their life, amen, they allowed pride to slip in. It was a slow process, but it came. And after a while, you know, it, it, it got a hold of them in such a way and such a cloudiness, and they didn't realize what was going on until it was too late. And then, then you got to really humble yourself, and you got to back up. And, and it takes it takes a real love for God and a real love for yourself to be willing to do that. So let's let's watch this unfold. I'm gonna do my best. I got about four or five pages here. I know that's I know I realize that's a mistake. It really is. It's a lot of scriptures try to cover. I love to cover this whole chapter to really get it laid down, get it put out there. Uh, but you know what? Uh, you ladies, y'all do this all the time. We make sure when we have events, we have more than enough to eat. And so I want to have 
church. <laughs> I want to have sure I got more than enough up here. You know, y'all might decide to stay to one or two o'clock, and I want to be sure I can feed you that long. Hallelujah. Praise God. So, anyway, but it is a good lesson. Let's watch this. Daniel's 4 and 37. Now, I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and honor the king of heaven. Notice how he relates it to him. There's other times you read God of heaven. Amen. But I also want you to pick up at the same time most of your pagan kings and pagan worshipers. This is one of the biggest problems, too. They never could get to the place that he was the only God. And they would turn from all the others and forsake all the others. It's kind of like when you walk down the aisle and you're going to, you're going to make the vows until death. And, and we used to say this, forsaking all others. We kind of got away from that and uh, in a, the marriage ceremony. But, uh, but that's part. We've got to be willing. If you're going to make it solid, if you're going to make it real, if you're going to make it powerful, then you've got to be willing to forsake all others. I know we're living in a world today, they don't forsake all others and yet make vows one another too. <laughs> There's a spirit behind all that. I'm, I'm, we're going to cover some bases today. Uh, called p- pleasure. Things of that nature. And, uh, and, and, and you know what? You know what drives a lot of that? Pride. I'm a man. Oh, I'm the lady. Everybody don't look at it. <laughs> Told me which one you are. And so anyway, here we go. Oh, y'all looking at me like, man, he's good. He's good. Anyway, it is good. Watch this. And um, there will be some scriptures I won't have time to go to. I'd love to. Uh, for instance, second, uh, Ezekiel 29. If you go there, go to Ezekiel 29, about 17 through 21. Let me just put it. This is just a little gold nugget. Just a few things for thought. Uh, did you know that the Lord used Nebuchadnezzar? He was a servant of the Lord. And God paid him, gave him Egypt. Go read it. God paid him because he had accomplished and had done what he'd done, but he went overboard as the Chaldeans. And, and if you go back and read that and see. And so he gave him Egypt, which is one of the most powerful people and kingdom nations far as, as far as materialistic things especially. So go back and read some of that. There's so much in all of this. And. And so, you know what, the more I read this and study it and get these scriptures and start pulling them together, the more I realize it's all about balance. It really is. We can't be sorry and no good and expect God to feed us. Okay, that's what the Bible says. A lazy man don't eat. I'll tell you what, you don't feed him long enough, he'll get up. Or you won't have to worry about him. <laughs> He's going to do one or the other. <laughs> But at the same time, we cannot get so caught up in our own talents and skills and ability and putting in 16 and 18 hour days and, 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 and prosper and, and lay up and store up for ourselves and then say, boy, look what I feel. It's a balance. It's a balance. And that's, that's, that's what we got to get. Don't forget Psalms 127. We want to, we want unless the Lord is in the house and building of the house, the labor is in vain. That, that means people don't labor. Hey, they, some people labor, buddy. They, they put in hours upon hours building and doing and very successful. And they, re, they receive benefits from that in material things. But if they sold their soul and, and, and the promise of eternal life for it, Jesus helps us understand that. You can gain the whole world, but if you lose your soul, what have you gained when it's, the journey's over and it's and settled, done? 
So, this is, this is and, and I, I felt like, well, I'm going to be careful with that. But anyway, uh, just to try to get kicked off on this, I don't know how much actually I'm going to use of the lesson. So, if you read it, good. Go back, read it, and, and I'll try. But, but most of part, I'm going to just stay with the scriptures, okay, if you don't mind. Because I feel like that's the safest thing for far as time and all the other, just to try to stay with the scriptures. I won't start with the first three verses. I will go back to those, but I'm going to start at the fourth verse. And here, Nebuchadnezzar was at rest. Now, I want you to notice right off the bat here. Before he ever goes into the details of what has transpired, what's taken place, what took place in his life. I want you to notice what he says at this fourth verse. And um, uh, what he say? Nebuchadnezzar was at rest in mine house. That's the dream of America is becoming so uh, financially set and so independent that I don't have to depend on nothing or nobody. And, uh, you know, that's a good thing. It really is. I'm not against that. Okay. But uh, if you watch the American dream and its principles of it, uh, some time will even lead us away from God. Because we're setting out to attain this and, 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 and store and put this up. That uh, even the Bible talks about the rich man. You know, he said, reach the point place. I'm going to build bigger barns and all because I'm what I produce. He said, why? Because my soul can rest. Amen. But there's only one place that the soul can really rest. And that's not in money. That's not in any other resources or material things or educations or positions. The only real place for the soul to rest and find a place of true rest is, is whenever life is taken out of this body and we have died in the faith and hope of Jesus Christ and the gospel. Outside of that, there is nothing else. And that's the reason pride can have such an effect upon us and rob us. And if we're not careful, can rob us right as we sit in the middle of the house of God. Because pride is sometimes that key element. It's what drives and forces us to do some of the things we do. And act in some of the ways we act. I got some things to back that up a little later on. Okay? I'm not, I'm not beating up nobody. I'm just, Lord have mercy. You know? Sometimes you got to eat the vegetables and you got to eat the meat. Ice cream's good and peach cobbler's good, but you can't just live off of it. Amen. We need the meat. Praise God. We want to get off of bottles and pacifiers. <laughs> Praise God. That's all they do, pacify. They don't accomplish nothing. If you keep them long enough, they'll make God be buck tooth and everything else. That's what'll happen. Spiritually speaking, I'm more right this morning than a lot of people want to admit, especially out in the world. That's the reason we're in this condition, spiritually speaking, this morning, that the house of God will always come last instead of first. Turning to God, calling to God, leaning on Him first. First fruits. You know, everything we do, actually, and even if it's God, I'm going to pray. God, help me here. Make decisions. Make, help me, help me, help me. We need it. And if we don't, then again, we're letting pride rob us. And if I'll do it myself. And that's the same way if you approach God and say, okay, God, if you don't answer in the next five minutes, I'm going to do it this way. You might as well go ahead. Don't wait five minutes. <laughs> you, done, you got your answer. You made it without him. When you put, try to put the, you know, how can you twist God's arm? Anyway, here we go. Anyway, but notice what he says right here in the fourth verse. Nebuchadnezzar was at rest in my house and flourishing in my palace. And I was, I 
saw a dream which made me afraid, and the thoughts upon my bed, the vision of my care troubled me. Therefore, it made I a decree. A decree actually is, could be, it's likened unto a law, or it's an enactment of a king that sends out messengers out into all the regions and places. See, hey, it's, it's not a choice. It's not an uh, option because the king has made this decree. And so he's forcing a man by law to get all these people. That's the reason we pass so many laws because people's hearts are not changed and they don't want to live for God. So we're going to try to mandate them by laws. That's like putting 55 on a highway, whatever. But we still want to, you know, that sign. Anybody ever, you know, occasionally you may drive by the sign and say, whoop, and it flash it breaks and slows down. But for the most part, if we don't really want to, you know, we'll just keep driving as fast as we're driving and saying, I'm a better driver than they are. I'm just making a point. The law will not help us. I'm telling you, the, 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 the law itself, is the law is for who? The lawless. It really is. And so he's sending this out, not giving them a choice of what's going to happen. He says, the wise men of Babylon. He said, I want them to come before me. And so this cry is made out and messengers sent out. And so came to him the magicians, the astrologers, the Chaldeans, the soothsayers. And told the dream before them. But they did not make known unto me the interpretation thereof. Now notice what Nebuchadnezzar is doing. He's telling us of something that did not already happen. He's rehearsing unto the people, unto all language, unto the nations that are there. He wants them to hear this. He wants them to understand. He wants them to know as their king what happened to him. Hmm. What transpired. And, what, and thank God. Do you know what? He was very honest. He was very open. He didn't hold. After his experience. And, and you know, anybody ever been experienced something? And after that experience, you, you responded and re, your, your response to life and, and others in likeness. Why do you think, you know, I, I've heard this story, you know, that I say I heard this story. I, I, you know, a lot of people, a lot of people tell you that, you know, if certain ones experience certain things, that's who they would like to talk to if they're experiencing the same thing. Why? Because they've experienced it. They've been there. They find comfort th from that. Because in their own mind a lot of times, boy, I'm, I'm, I'm flipping here a little bit, but in their own minds a lot of times, if you've never experienced something, if they look at you like, hey, now you've been the kid on the top of the block and you've been the kid that's done this and you ain't never seen no trials and you ain't. They want, they want to hear from somebody that they feel like has been through. Why? By this experience. And so here, Nebuchadnezzar is telling them and, and informing them about his experience, what's happened to him. And he, he's, really, he's really driving a point home here. He's really helped us to understand. And uh, it's amazing how God has worked and used. Amen. If you really start reading the Bible and start putting some things together, God help us here this morning. We're going to do our best to do that. Okay. And so at the last days, Daniel. Daniel came in before me. Amen. Who was, whose name was Belshazzar. You know, he, he, you know, he called him Daniel, but he, he says, hey, Daniel was brought in. And you know, God, this was the first time, according to the name of my God, in whom the spirit, now notice again what he makes here. The spirit of holy gods. He throws this Jehovah God and the God of Daniel in, in the mix with all the other gods. Even though God had worked, we still see some things and we see some areas. And you know what? I hear this sometimes and... And that same spirit works among us. <laughs> that they, they say, well, it doesn't really matter if you 
is it really that important? Does it? I want to take this. I listen occasionally on the radio, and I listened to some. I listened to a couple of guys yesterday, and they was talking about the world events, and they was talking about Trump and the peace treaty deal that's just been signed by two of the other countries, and 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 they're, they're rejoicing and celebrating over that, and. And I'm going to be honest with you, I, I thought about what Paul said in Thessalonians. He said, whenever they cry peace and safety, sudden destruction. The church better get ready. This thing's coming together now. And, uh, but anyway, they, they want to take out certain things. And I was amazed how much they, they quoted some scriptures. But when it got to that area where you speaking in tongues and all the rest of that, they just kind of picked up, flew over, like it didn't exist. Why didn't you finish that? Why don't you pursue to experience that? Why don't, I mean, you know this much, and God's blessing, you got a good mind. That's obvious. I can tell by the way both of these men spoke, and they got some insight on some of this. But anyway, so that's the danger of some of this. And guess what? You know what causes that too? Pride and content. I can't tell you how many times I've been told. I know in my heart. God ain't judging me by this. And God ain't judging me by that. Really? Well, that's funny. So God's outside of his word. Then. God didn't mean what he said there. I ain't trying to be ugly. I'm just, you know, come on. What happened? That the enemy will blind you. Yeah, I'm going somewhere. I'm going to wait to. So, Daniel's brought in. See, he says. Watch as he begins to talk about. He calls him the master of the magicians. And again, he refers unto him as the spirit of the holy gods. Amen. Is, is in thee. No secret troubleth thee. Tell me the vision of my dream that I have seen and the interpretation thereof. And, and so he rehearses to him about the tree. And you know the tree. The tree comes up and it goes and it grew and it's up in the uh, heavens and how the birds came and lodged in the limbs and built nests and the fruit and the meat from it. The beast of the field come and lodge under it for protection. And so this tree that has been given to him and a vision unto him and a dream. And uh, so he needs this interpretation. This time, even though he wasn't prior, he might be able to tell the dream or the interpretation. This particular time, he's able to tell the dream. But notice, even after able to tell the dream, the, the wise men that he depended upon, that, that was of his, his, his immediate counsel that he leaned on and went to first and had a law and decree for them to come, could not give the interpretation. So now he turns to Daniel. I just wonder how often that we, 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 we have to run out of so many resources. Now some of that, don't take it wrong. Don't, don't be offended. Because I see the little lady with the issue of blood. And, and here's how I preach that. Amen. Because if you'll notice... Because I've heard people make light of the man of 38 years. And they make light of other things. And I got a little lady for 12 years. She was looking for healing. She was looking for a way out. But this is the same type and the manner of people. That I see that gets miracles and the mighty moves of God. You know why? Because they don't give up. I believe there's an answer. I believe there's a miracle. I believe there's a way. Even though sometimes God has to allow us to go through a process. To get us to that place. And so even here a lot of times we have to run out of resources. As we run out of them resources, that drives us to the main resource, the real one. And it brings us back to God, who the Bible's made very clear to us, who supplies our every need. 
He is the supplier. He is the way maker. <clears throat> so as you watch this, and he told him the interpreter, and I won't go through all of that, and he talks about a watchman, a man that came down. Notice how God miraculously just gives to this, this pagan king, which is the king also that had given all the power and might to, to rule and reign over the, the animal kingdom. And he, he brought all into his subjection, to his rule and his power and things of this nature. God done this. God done this for him. And so what happened, Nebuchadnezzar wanted to take all the credit for it. But anyway, and he talks about how the, the roots of the stump that's left and the bands put around it of iron and brass, amen, is put around this. Why? Because out of that stump it's going to spring, out of that stump it's going to grow. Hey, praise God. You ever been felt like you got cut down? But thank God for the Holy Ghost and the spring. And that's the reason we come to the house of God. And that's the reason we make regular visitations in prayer and, and in the word of God, amen, because that's where we get the renewing. And that's where we get the, the springing up again of the kingdom. So in, in the midst of this dream, hallelujah, Nebuchadnezzar's going to, he's promised. At the, and he didn't understand that. He didn't understand that was he, that he was talking about himself and, and things of that nature because sometimes pride hides all of that from us just like the Babylonians you know if you remember all of that this is where he's at and they had done talked about it how that this city nobody could ever conquer this city nobody could over, overcome this city but here we are seeing how God's putting all this thing together and bringing it about the, to fulfill what his, his purpose and his desire is amen in our hearts and our lives and our spirit but I'm going to tell you something one of the strongest and most powerful enemy that you and I have got to watch against is the pride itself amen we are, we're, we're, we're do things and hold on to things and, and, and we'll hold on to some characters and, and some attributes. Hallelujah that comes through the genetics. Hallelujah but thank God for what? And then we're going to talk about this toward the end. I got some few scriptures I want to run to. Hallelujah for the new creation. Hallelujah that helps me deal with them. I know we can't all, you know we're changed and things of that nature but uh, a likeness and image. How I many of you ever looked at somebody and said, man you look just like your mama. I heard that, I heard that last night I heard that. Praise God. It was a compliment, too. It wasn't, you know, it was a compliment, you know. And, uh, and so how often we see that. But, but let me ask you something. We're created in the image and likeness of who? And so whose image are we trying to follow? Whose image are we trying to portray? And so now with the Holy Ghost and the help of God, amen. And I'm going to tell you, we're on a journey. And you got an enemy that's sitting snares and traps and trying to find avenues. Hallelujah. To, to, to wreck us and to keep us from accomplishing this and achieving it. Not just to miss heaven, but he wants us to make a wreck and make a mess out of it on the earth. Because the only hope for the world, the only hope for the earth, amen. And those upon the earth is the church itself. Hallelujah. The church. Hallelujah. When the church, amen, is like the salt. Hallelujah, it's like the light, like a city set on the hill. Hallelujah, it's nothing that has more power and more influence than the church. Even the church has to watch it. We don't let pride and arrogance. I'm Pentecost. I'm this or I'm that. Come on, Paul dealt with that. He said, some of you claim to be followers of Peter. And some of you claim to be followers of this one and that one. Amen. And some of you claim, well, I'm a follower of Jesus. I'm not going to obey everybody. I've had a guy tell me that one time. I'm going to do what Jesus said. Well, baptize in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Ghost. Well, you're not doing what Jesus said. You're just repeating what he said. You're going to be baptized in his name. You've got to be baptized in his name. And the only name that was given was Jesus because the power is in the name. Anyway, I don't mean to jump rabbits like that, but uh, uh, just to help you understand, see. But, but he took pride in, in thinking, you know, I'm doing what Jesus. That was above Peter and above Paul. No, they obeyed him. They was apostles, amen. Peter was apostle of the Jews, and Paul is the apostle, amen, of the Gentiles. And so here we are. 
they're going to do, you got to follow suit. you got to come. And, and so watch this. He talks about Apollos and he talks about himself in that same setting. What does he say about himself? He said, we're just ministers of the gospel. He says this. He said, we're nothing. If you even watch some of the description of Paul in his writings, you know, he starts out being an apostle of the Gentiles and all this. By the time he gets through and toward the end of his ministry, he says, <laughs> he says we're nothing. I'm the chiefest of sinners. Focus is not me. The focus is Jesus Christ. Because if any of us is going to make it, it's because of Jesus Christ. He's a chief corner. Yes, he set up a five-fold ministry. And yes, you've got to humble yourself and be obedient to it because that's what's going to edify and build us up. And it's set up. And it, you know what? They got to come under subjection. Amen. To, to the power of God and the rule of God. And this same applies to every minister as well as it does anybody else. And we all got to submit ourselves to one another. all that country today they don't want to submit what would you do if somebody's got a nine millimeter pointing at you and said get your hands up I wouldn't do it if God said don't get them up I'm fixing to blow him up hurry up <laughs> Hurry up, God. <laughs> Other than that, I mean, even the Bible says we got to submit, we got to surrender. Oh. A lot of times when we're a little hesitant about worshiping, submitting, and yielding, and even lifting our hands, because we really don't want to submit, we're mad about something. Mad about some spirit or some whatever. We want to come in here and take it out on God. I'm going to tell you something, ladies and gentlemen. God has never done me any, nothing but good. Regardless of whatever goes on in my life, I'm going to come in this house. I'm going to love him. I'm going to worship him. I'm going to magnify him. He's God. He's God. Now, that, that don't make all the other just disappear, but it sure helps. I know by experience it helps. It helps. It helps you overcome it. It helps you deal with it. Because he can help you and he can send angels minister to you that you can't ever find it out of a bottle or a can or end of a needle or any other place. We don't have it. God's got it. God's got it. That's where you're going to find your comfort. That's where you're going to find your peace. Especially in troubled times. And that's the reason we can't let pride get a hold of us. That we can't just come and humble ourselves and say, God, here I am. I'm just a broken tool. I need your help. And you know what? God loves that. He loves it. He's going to turn around, buddy. He's going to respond to that. He that humbles himself. We got to do it. All right. I'm trying not to. 16th verse, a very important verse in this particular chapter here. He says, he talked about the stump and the roots and going to come back. And he said, let his heart be changed from a man's heart. To a beast heart. You know what's happened today? I'm seeing a lot, of, a lot of actions from a beast heart instead of a man's heart. You just, some beast, a devour, tear up. To their own destruction. 
America, if she's not careful, you know what's going to be her greatest fall? Is within herself. It's not from other countries, other nations. It's from within. It's from within. That's what's going to happen. But if she'll just wake up and humble herself. If my people, which are called by my name, will. We can't just be called by his name. I've heard of certain dads and moms that had great resources. That finally had to get with their children. Had to get tough with them. Because of the lifestyle. The direction they was going. And what they were doing. And just finally tell them. Said, I'm going to tell you something. You keep going that direction. You're going to be cut out of the inheritance. Because we can see right now. The way you're headed. And what you're getting caught up in. You're not going to do nothing but waste it. Throw it down again. Believe it or not, as children of God, all created in His image and likeness, we can lose that inheritance. And pride is one of the first things, if we're not careful, that we'll start seeing slipping in. And watch this. Even ministers, including myself, is not exempt from it. Pride of somebody that God's yet. God don't need me. I need God. You hear me? This church, you know how long you need me? As long as God wants me to be here. But the day he don't want me to be here is the day you better be praying, God, you take him. Boy, that went over. That's the reason some churches is shipwrecked. Some churches is to nothing today. That's not the only reason. Another reason is because some would never was willing to turn over the baton. They had reached a point place in their lives, in their seasons of their lives. You know what kept kept them pushing, kept going? If you're not careful, it wasn't the will of God. It was pride. Pride works in so many different forms and fashions and shapes. It would really shock us all if we really begin to look at it and study it out. So, watch him here. This heart, it will change the beast's heart. For seven times, most believe, some say a seven season, but most believe that's for seven years that he's going to have to deal with this and he's going to face this. He goes from that. He said this, this matter is, is by the decree, again, the watcher of the watcher. Now, all this has done transpired, so he's rehearsing this. And so he's letting us know. He's letting them know. He's letting us know. But you know what? God sent. God sent a warning. God sent a dream. God sent a time to let me know that I could overcome this, that I could be victorious over this. And so Daniel, as he's brought in, and this is rehearsed to him, even Daniel, the Bible says, was astonished for one hour. You watch the, the honesty of Nebuchadnezzar at this point place. He finally looks at Daniel and tells him, he said, hey, you tell it. You tell it just like it is. Don't you hold nothing back. You give me the correct interpretation. And so that, that opened it up. So he does. He begins to tell him, he said, Nebuchadnezzar, you're the tree. He said, the enemy, the enemy is out to do this. Catch that. Who is the real enemy? 
Because it's actually Nebuchadnezzar's own pride that was causing this. But who was the real enemy? It's the devil himself. Who fell in Ezekiel, the 28th chapter? Watch this. You go to Ezekiel, 28th chapter, beginning of that chapter. You're going to read of the pride, amen, of the king of Tyrus. And how God dealt with the king of Tyrus in Ezekiel. And you're going to see how he dealt with him. But as you go on down, and, and I don't really have the time and all of that. But um, let, let, let me, I got a little time. Let, let me just make mention of this. And when you go to that 28th chapter, and it begins to talk about the word of the Lord that came unto Ezekiel, saying, Son of man, say unto the prince of Tyrus, this, Thus saith the Lord, because thy heart is lifted up, and thou hast said, I am God. And I sat in the seat of God, in the midst of the seas, and that's the people. That's the reason we have laws and, and things when people has got positions and places of authority. That's the reason that I, I myself cannot come in this pulpit and because of things that I've just heard or by just observation. Now, sometimes we preach some observation. I got Paul to help me back me up with some of this. But I don't want to have a ministry for Jesus Christ out of nothing but observation. You'll never stay ahead of the enemy. If you preach and, and all you're doing is preaching and teaching and dealing with things that by as you see it. I'm talking about with these eyes too. I'm not talking about the spiritual. I'm talking about with the physical eyes. What happens there? You're always one day too late. The real way to handle issues dealing with the soul and the heart and the spirit is being in tune with God and His Word and His anointing. And you start warning the people before they ever experience it or the snare or the traps there. And warn them, hey, it's coming. Judgment's coming. The enemy's coming. I've been telling us for months now, for a couple of years, hey, this thing's not going to get easier. We're going to face some things. There's going to be some trials. We're really going to see what we're made of. We really believe it or not. We're really going to trust Him or not. We've got, a, we've got a relationship, a companionship that's going to carry us through even when we can't gather together. Hey, man, I'm telling you, but there's a companionship with God Almighty. You can't, you can't, you can't bind him up. You can't lock him down. You can take a church and put it in dodges and put change on it. But God can show up. So you see what I'm talking about? And so the pride itself, we talked about it there. Pride, pride itself. Isaiah 47 and 5. Set thy silence and get into thy, their darkness. O daughter of the Chaldeans, for thou shalt no more be called the lady of the kingdoms. Hmm. This is judgment. This is Babylonian. You can go into Revelation. It talks about Babylon, city of Babylon. It likens her unto, you know. Okay. You know the story. Now watch him. I was wroth with my people. I have polluted my inheritance. This is the Lord talking about the Israelites here. And given them unto thy hand. You didn't take them. I gave them to you. I raised you up to fulfill this, to accomplish this. Thou didst show them no mercy. Upon the ancient of the elders, the old. Hast thou very heavily laid thy yoke. 
Thou saidest, I shall be a lady forever. That's pride. That's arrogance. I think it's a very dangerous thing for anybody in any position, including in the church. I got this position. It's mine. I'm going to be the. I'm going to be the bishop of this community. I'm going to be the. I got to watch that, because here's here's the deal with that. What's driving you? Why are you trying to attain that? Is that out of pride and arrogance or for the, for the sake of the kingdom of God and the call of God and the election of God? You see what I'm saying? There's a difference. Guess what? You and I as saints of God, regardless of what positions we hold out in the, the workforces or any other area, God blesses us. He gives us this opportunity to use these. But the main resource or the main reason for those is to worship him, to serve him, and to glorify him and fulfill his purpose. Well, I'm fixing that. I believe they're strong enough that I can do it. And I know God can do it. I know God can do it. But, but uh, I, I, I'm not one of these that depend on the world to, for the church to give the money and all that. I believe God can raise up some millionaires right here to help purchase that bill. Fill and and put those buildings. I believe God can raise up some right here that have have enough trust in them. And confidence in them. I'm going to tell you something. Having a lot of money ain't as easy as everybody thinks. Come on, the Bible's right about that. James right about that. There's there's lust and things that comes your way. Temptations and trials that don't, don't come to everybody. One of the first things that will come to you is pride. While you may look down at others and I don't know why they're so upset because their washing machine tore up. Well, see, you don't have no problem. You can buy 10 a week. But when you can't pay for one in six months, it's a different ball game. And pride can cause you to get a down look at two by two. And that's what happened. That's what happened. Nebuchadnezzar. My palace. My house. My place of rest. Man, I got the people persuaded. They're not even going to think about voting anybody else. I'm the man. That can happen in churches. Oh, God help us. This church does not belong to the Moore family. We'll tell you right now. Not today, not a year from now, and neither a hundred years. But neither does it belong to the Fords, the Whittingtons, the Cochrans, the Smith, the Jacks, the Marys. The... It better belong to Jesus Christ. If it's going to be, if it's going to survive the ride, it better belong to Jesus Christ. And everybody in it better, better get that same kind of focus. It's not about me. It's about Jesus. The fivefold ministry was to edify the body. 
If I'm anointed and blessed of God, it's not for my glory. It's to edify the body. It's to build up the body. It's to serve the body. Hey, that goes right on down. It trickles right on down to musicians, the singers, the Sunday school department, the youth, and any other thing else you want to name right down to the saints of God in our community. It's about when you're out there, it's about edifying the body. That's what it's about. It's not about us. It's about this place being a door for people. But watch out. Pride is something that could slip in and get a hold of us. Cause us to shipwreck. And sometimes even under the name of God. We're doing this for the kingdom. We're doing this for God. Hey, that's the reason you got to make sure where you stand far as in doctrines and holiness and things of that nature. Why are you doing that? The purpose has got to be right. You know why Daniel could be used so? Because he purposed in his heart. Prior to ever getting there. He had a made up mind. Made up heart. Huh. I'm, I'm going to live for God there. I'm not going to get a bad attitude. I'm not going to get mad. I'm not going to walk down there and say, Man, they just don't know who I am. I was kin to Josiah. Up man, I... Man, I knew that stuff back there six years ago. What's the matter with y'all? You don't see none of that. You don't see no kind of approach to any time. The servants that was over the eunuchs and any of them. He never used that type of attitude or spirit. Because he knew who the favor was coming from. And he, though it's this. He, we're going to be here 70 years, buddies. We might well make good. I mean, I mean we, can, we can buck, jump, do whatever. Make this thing a bad deal or we can work together. You know, when the time comes, God... God will exalt us. God will bring us in before the king. And you know what? God's the one. God's the one. Watch this. Go back to the one back in the second chapter. What did he tell Nebuchadnezzar? He said, hey, this wasn't nothing on me. It was God. God's the one that gave the interpretation of the dream. God was the one. He gave all the glory praise to God. He didn't take none of it. None of it. So that's important for us. We'll do likewise the same thing. Watch this uh, to unfold. I'm going to go to the 29th. I'm going to skip to the 29th verse. Because uh, uh, this is kind of where the scripture uh, of, the, of the lesson really begins to pick up. Now, watch this. Did y'all catch this verse? 29th verse. At the end of 12 months, he, Nebuchadnezzar, walked into his palace of the kingdom of Babylon. And the king spake and said, Is not this great Babylon... That I have built for the house of the kingdom of the, uh, by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. Twelve months after the warning. Twelve months after being the visitation, the interpretation. God gave Nebuchadnezzar twelve months to repent and deal with pride. And he didn't do it. And then he walks in, and he looks around, and he takes all the credit for the palace and for the kingdom. But that's not all now. He gives the glory and the praise unto his majesty, his gods. The multiple gods. Not the one and true and living God. But guess what? This just God that had warned him 12 months before and gave him opportunity. Response. Watch it. 
While the words were still in the king's mouth, there fell a voice from heaven. He didn't send an angel. He didn't send nothing. But a voice from heaven, just like he did whenever Jesus was baptized in Jordan. A voice from heaven. Amen. The son in whom I beloved, I'm well pleased in. But now this one, judgment's going to come. And people think they're going to get around judgment. No way. No way, Jose. <laughs> Hallelujah. Nobody's going to get away from it. Everybody. And so this is the reason you and I, this is the reason we come to the house of God. Judgment starts here. Why? Because we don't want pride to slip in. I'm trying to hurry. While the words were shouting yet to the voice of God came from never, he said, this is spoken. The kingdom is departed from the and then he goes through this process that he's going to be cast out. And he goes, man, he's going to be like a beast. And he's going to go. And, and there's different opinions about whether or not that already happened or not. You, you, whatever you want to do with that. But we do know, amen, he lost the sanity of his mind, his ability. And, and apparently Nebuchadnezzar was very intelligent. He could come up with his resources and answers and come up with ideas and, and solve a lot of problems and work things and get things accomplished and things done. Have you ever been on a project or something, you know, and just seemed like you just couldn't think about the best way. And all of a sudden somebody walks up and says, well, you know, we could do this and do that. And man, that thing just falls in place. Man, you should have walked up to Two days ago. <laughs> that kind of, this is that type of God. Why? Because God blessed him. He had the favor of God. Amen. And so God was blessing because God's purpose and God's will. Amen. For the punishment of Israel for 70 years of being fulfilled. But yeah, so anyway, here we go. So as we watch this unfold here, even with Nebuchadnezzar and what he's doing here. Amen. We've seen what's really transpiring and taking place. That's the reason you and I have to watch. Amen. What we say, what we do, what we get involved, how we carry ourselves, how we conduct ourselves. Amen. Because if we're not careful, we can do more harm and good. But thank God, amen, that you and I are people of the Holy Ghost and we bear the fruits of the Holy Ghost. We want to walk in the Holy Ghost. We want to conduct ourselves that way in that form and manner. So as it goes on, you're going to see the fulfillment of those days. And you'll read all of that. And you'll, you'll see as it, it goes down. Uh, praise God. I, I want to cover just a few things here. I know my time's going to run out on me here. So I, I got just a few minutes. I'm going to go to the last page. If you don't mind. I want to go to the New Testament. Some of it. High New Testament. The term pride. The term pride. Just let's talk about it just a second. Because what happens here? As you watch, amen, when you go back to that 37th verse, amen, that dealt with that. Um, notice what Nebuchadnezzar says at the ending of all of that that took place. Um, he talks about at the same time, my reason returned it to me and the, and the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my brightness returned it to me. Counselors, my Lord, sought unto me. I was established by my kingdom. Excellent majesty was added to, to me. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor what? The king of heaven. He, he, he has a revelation. He has understanding. Now if you go back to the first three verses, you're going to realize this is the point. This is what he was trying to get the people to understand. Hey, folks, there is a God in the heaven. There is a king in the heaven. Notice he used the word king. He didn't use himself. He used the position, the place that he was. But he says, hey, there's a king in the heavens greater than this king, mightier than this king. This is a king that blessed me. And this is the reason I returned or restored. It was his favor, his goodness. That's the reason the brother the David talks about the goodness of God being bestowed upon us. That's the reason David, amen, was so blessed. And so used mightily of God, even when he would commit some of the greatest sins that man could ever commit. Amen. But he knew how to turn. And when God was sent the man of God, he humbled himself unto the man of God that represented God. And so God could show him mercy and grace. But if we don't humble ourselves, and if we don't yield ourselves, 
He tied the mighty hands of God. It's awesome and powerful. And as much as he loves us, when we refuse to humble ourselves and recognize and realize that, you know what? That ain't nothing but stinking pride that's causing that in my life. And that's nothing but a trick of the enemy. So you watch this. Bibles in uh, 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if any man in Christ, what? Be in Christ. He is a new creature. He's a new creature. A new creation. Psalms 51 and 10. This is part of the area where David really repented. Amen. After the Bathsheba did. Y'all know this. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Ezekiel 11 and 19 talks about, I will give them one heart. I will put a new spirit within you. I will take the stony heart out of their flesh and will give them a heart of flesh. Ezekiel 18, amen, talks about it. Therefore, I will judge you, O house of Israel. Everyone according to his ways, saith the Lord God. Repent and turn yourselves from all your transgressions. So iniquity, so iniquity shall not be your ruin. Watch this. Man, I talked about the spirit of iniquity been several months ago. But even since that, I've, I've, I've asked God, hey God, help me. The spirit of iniquity. The spirit of iniquity. We're watching it. It's in full force now. Actually, the scripture in one place calls it the mystery of the spirit of iniquity. You know, you, you have people that does some of these, these, these so hideous and, and, and godly crimes, killing people and things of that nature. And, and, and so mankind wants to look into his brain and his mind and his heart and spirit. Why did you do that? What, what? And, and a lot of times they would make confessions. I heard a voice. A voice told me. That is the spirit of iniquity. And the more you give yourself to it, the more it will drive. Lust, lust. <laughs> Those things more. It, it's, it's trying to fill up a pond. Or, uh, let me ask you something. Does the sea ever come full? It doesn't. All these rivers and creeks and everything. It's got a low tide and a high tide, but you never, it never, you, know, you can never fill it up. It's the same way with all the, the spirit of iniquity. So what's the, even the mystery of God? Of God in, what's the mystery of God? In? It's that down payment. It's that the spirit of God that comes in now. That we can war against this spirit of iniquity. And by it we find the power and ability. And through it we also find what? Humbling ourselves unto the call and service of Jesus Christ. Instead of yielding ourselves unto carnality, unto sin, unto sin. We yield ourselves unto righteousness, unto holiness. It's a process. It works Hallelujah. Thank God for his mercy and grace and advocate we have with the Father. Amen. That when we sin, if we're willing to humble ourselves and repent, guess what? He's going to renew us. That's the reason the Bible says renewing of the mind because the battle's in the mind. If you can keep the mind right and the healthiness of the mind, hallelujah, then, then that's how you're, going to, how you're going to do that. Faith coming by what? By hearing what? By hearing the word of God. You know why we're in such a mess today? Amen. Because people don't really have an ear to hear the word of God. To hear it means to listen to it. And if you really listen to it, you're going to obey it. And when you really know if you heard, hallelujah, whenever your, your wife or your spouse or somebody tells you, say, go do this. And, and you say, hey, did you hear what I said? Yeah. So what's the problem? You're not moving. You're not responding. Sometimes they'll catch you and say, hey, what did I say? Humble yourself. Don't let pride get a hold of you. <laughs> 
I don't have a clue. Now, I will. Can I, can I in defense a little bit? Please, if you want to tell me to do something or ask me to do something, make sure you got my attention first. Don't be off in another room in a closet somewhere with your head down. Praise God. Give me a chance. Don't wait. I'm tied up and on the phone and everywhere else. And, and you come in and blah, 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 blah. Really? Can't do that. You know what? God didn't either. God knows when he gives an opportunity for you to hear. Now, if you choose not to show up, I'll never forget. Elder Brother Mac Bay at Wiggins, I preached a little revival for him. And we preached. I mean, we had a move of God that night. And I'm telling you, it really, it was a really move of God. And uh, believe it or not, that elder told me we, uh, he'd always go to the back doors when he was letting everybody out. On the way back there, he said, Brother, he said, you had the message tonight. He said, But the main guy wasn't here. He said, That's all right. God's going to hold him accountable anyway. He should have showed up. It's his fault. He said, Because God had the message and he sent the man of God. And it's his fault because he didn't show up. He let somebody or something. The devil or pride rob him. Think about it next time you miss a house of God. <laughs> Just think about it. Make sure, make sure, make sure. Make sure you check with him. Say, hey, God, are you? Make sure. I'm just, really, I'm sorry. <laughs> let, let me drop down to something. And I know my time is up, but, but watch, watch this. First Timothy 3 and 6. I've never seen this before. Paul's writing to a young pastor, and he makes this statement. Now, these are the qualifications for a bishop. This is where we're at in his writings. Not a novice, lest being lifted up with pride, he fall into the condemnation of the devil. I said, okay, God, what, what's, come on, what are you trying to tell us here? Not a novice, I, I got that, not a new beginner. He don't need to be the, you don't have to be the pastor yet. <laughs> you don't have to take the leadership. No, understand that. Because he's just young, you don't know. He's unexperienced. Hadn't, hadn't had enough temptation, enough battles, enough fights, you know. You can go in the Old Testament and show you that. But anyway, but the condemnation of the devil. What got the devil? What caused the devil to be offended? The moment that iniquity found in his heart. It's the word called pride. Because a newcomer, if he's not careful, especially if God uses him a little bit, he get puffed up. I'm the new kid on the block, buddy. I'm the one. Paul said that we're nothing. God is the one that gives the increase. We're just ministers or vessels that God flows through and operates through. So we really don't have anything to boast or brag about. Put our confidence in. He went as far as to say this. I have no confidence in my flesh. It's a God thing. It's really a God thing. And so. Condemns. So I, I, I looked that up. Condemning somebody. They're guilty. They're, 
And so as I looked that up, you know what some terms that came up with it? Be cloudy. Wrapped up in smoke. Man that gets full of pride, he gets wrapped up in his own smoke. You been in smoke lately? California, they can tell you all about it. What happens with smoke? You lose sight of the people. You'll even lose sight of yourself. And you'll definitely lose sight of God. Pride will cause you to become clouded. Nothing but yourself. You'll miss the real call. The real election. And the real ability to be able. You know why? And I know we, we jump on them. But, but I'm going to show a little compassion here. You know why? You have mothers and dads that will take their babies and strap them in automobiles or dump them in dumpsters and places like that because they just became clouded under the operation of drugs and spirits and powers that they can only think of their own pleasure and their own things at whatever cost. And let me say this. Some of them with sincerity, when they're weeping and crying and so broken, they really are. But it's got such a hold on them. It's got such a chain wrapped them, got them so bound, they can't get away from it. And it's only his mercy and grace that keeps each and every one of us from winding up in the same condition. Because you won't even be able to make the right choices when you start letting pride come in. You'll start making decisions that oh, I can handle it. Nobody can handle sin. Nobody. No. You can't, you can't play games with the devil. You and I are no match for the devil. That's the reason Paul instructed us. He said, don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. His snares, his traps. That's the reason you got to watch all them little instruments. Little trinkets. A lot more behind the scene there. Than what's really showing up. That's the reason I don't play with snakes. If it looks like one, I kill it. Why take a chance? I don't pick up dead ones. Not with my hands. I watched a guy one time. Kind of a city slicker. My brother and him had killed a moccasin. We was headed down to Creek this way back. And uh, my brother Joseph had killed a moccasin. Thought he had. <laughs> anyway. Uh, that's the reason. If you kill him right. If you blow that head off. You don't have to worry about him biting. He may wiggle, but he won't bite you. Anyway, he reaches down. That guy, see, he reaches down, picks that snake up. Hey, that thing comes alive. Almost got it before he could drop it. I learned a lesson that day. Don't you ever pick up a dead snake. <laughs> that devil, he'll play possum on you. Pride will play possum with you. You can handle it. I know all them others. You ain't got to listen. You, you, you're a man. You, 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 you're, you're a lady. You. <laughs> you better watch them looks. Especially if you like them. Same way with a lot of other things. Well, I'm well, we can dig up a lot here, can't we? Don't take long. 
You know why? How many likes attention? Come on. We just like the right attention. <laughs> you know why some people's doing some of the things they're doing? They want attention. They want to be lifted up. They want to be recognized. That's the reason. If they're not careful, a lot of this demonstration stuff and all this is going on. The real spirit behind a lot of that. It's the devil operating through pride. You know why people come out of the closets and they say. You ought not be ashamed of who you are. Why shouldn't they? It's an abomination in the eyes of God. You ought to be ashamed. But pride would want to get a hold of you and say, you ought not be ashamed. Even in the face of God. But there's a judgment day coming. That's what I'm talking about. We all have to watch it. It can get us. Get a hold of us. That's the reason people that's got talents. Can do things that's a lot, lot less effort. Can do a good job. They got to always remember that was a talent given to me. And I want to use it for God. I want to use it to glorify God. And that can be from preaching right on. You know, guys that can walk up here and memorize the whole Bible, memorize everything, and just everything just. It won't tell you. There's one place they better keep that shield up and keep it all well. And that's the spirit of pride. Because you're going to lift them up. And the more you lift them up and brag on them, Boy, they got a God, I'm nothing. I'm nothing. God, I am what I am by your great God. Brother G.R. Travis says, hey, do it like gum. Chew on it a little bit, then spit it out. That's the best thing you can do with it. When people brag on you, just chew on it a little bit and spit it out. Say, thank you. That's God bless you. <laughs> just realize where the real blessings come from. It wasn't my doing. It was his. God bless you. You can stand. Hopefully something said to this morning that uh, give us a little more insight. I'm, I will apologize. There's a lot of scriptures here I didn't get to go to. I'd love to. Uh, other times, events in the Word of God where the Lord had dealt with pride, amen, because why? A changed heart. And thank God for the changed heart, amen. We, you and I all, if it weren't for His mercy and grace and the changed heart that took place in our lives, amen. You know, some of us could really and honestly say, Lord, if you'd just seen me before. I've had people tell me, he said, I can't see you this night. I know you can't, but I was. <laughs> Amen. There's a few picture, pictures hanging around. Thank God nobody hardly gets them out. Amen. Could, could prove the truth. <laughs> but thank God. Amen. Thank God. Hallelujah. Brother Ricky Howell back there would probably tell you a few things, but don't ask him. It's under the blood. Praise God. It's under the blood. Love you. Appreciate you this morning, Brother Ford, to be preaching for us tonight. Uh, Brother Barry and him went and preached for Brother Spears. I remember them. I'm not sure if they'll be back tonight. He wasn't sure either. That they may just be having one service. But anyway, love you. Appreciate you. God bless you. Continue to pray for all these we've been praying for. God bless you.